Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the house guest that invites themselves in and conjures up insistent drinks to annoy Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who would prefer not to step out into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. Thank you very much. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host BJ and Spencer. I did not expect to be wheezing by the end of my intro this time. However, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I, I, I strongly agree with one of your two sentiments at the start of this. Adventure? No. Cannot be bothered. In, incessant drinks? No, I'm, I'm more okay with that. I uh, I don't know. Sometimes you hit them. Sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I will tell you and the audience. Uh, I did make a mistake, and I read the next chapter. Oh no! Um, so <laughs> have you read I, like, this I chapter? I have my notes for the wheezes of the previous chapter, uh, but that was where my uh, you need your uh, book beside you was. Uh, oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, we had it, we it's had. All, it's fine pre-episode notes on what wheezes were going to come into play here. Well, as long as you have actually read this chapter. I have. Although I Luckily, guess it it's... doesn't actually matter. We can make it work. <laughs> <laughs> but but Sarah, what chapter is it? It is chapter three of the sixth book of Harry Potter titled Will and Won't. We have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. We have BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer. We award house points. And then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles. Um, I honestly don't know what those are going to look like this time around. <laughs> There'll be all sorts of things. Sometimes, sometimes I have a clue. Not really this time. Well, That's to fair. get there, we got to go through a recap first. Yeah. And Sarah, I'm curious. What is your estimate or bet for what this one's going to take? I'm going to... Um, I returned to form with a bet last time, last episode. Mm-hmm. Um I, in full disclosure, I wrote these notes several days ago and don't remember them. So I'm going to go for an under two minutes. Keep it safe. Fine enough. Keep it safe. No specific bet this time. Okay. Well, I can't show you the stopwatch this time because Zoom is being fun, but I have it ready whenever you are. Okay. We're all going to trust and accept the results put forward by Spencer. (laughs) Correct, BJ? Uh, I mean, I've I vouched for his character before, and I have yet to, to permanently regret it, so. Well, tonight may be the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spencer, do you have the stopwatch? Have it ready whenever you are. As Harry's passed out against the window of his room, we get a peek into the dross scattered around him, including a few newspaper articles. The Chosen One, speculating speculating on the events at the Ministry of Magic and Harry's role in them. Scrimgower succeeds, succeeds Fudge, which recounts the relative enthusiasm with which the transition has been received, even as Scrimgower isn't Dumbledore. And Ministry guarantees students' safety, which indicates that security will be unspecifiedly upped at Hogwarts. There's also a leaflet from the Ministry of Magic on protecting your home and family against dark forces, and a letter to Harry from Dumbledore indicating that he will call for him at the Dursleys to escort them to the borough on the way to which he might perhaps assist him in a matter. This letter is why Harry has fallen asleep camped at the window, but he has not dared to hope enough to pack. At midnight, the street lamp goes black, waking Harry up to a clear view of a cloaked figure coming up the street. 
He panic packs as the doorbell rings, infuriating Vernon. Dumbledore is polite in the face of this rage, and he puppeteers them through the niceties. Harry would prefer to simply leave, but Dumbledore has things he must say. As Dumbledore forces everyone to settle, Harry notices it. His hand has become blackened and shriveled, almost burned away. Dumbledore puts off his questions, instead discussing Harry's inheritance from Sirius, which catches Vernon's interest, Harry's inherited gold, and grim old place. Parts of the house think it should have gone to Bellatrix. Harry is furious, but there's a simple test. Dumbledore conjures up Creature, who's in a full panic about wanting to stay with the Blacks, but passing him to Bellatrix would be disastrous given what he knows. Over his shouting, Harry finally tells him to shut up, which he does against his will and immediately, a clear sign that Sirius's will holds. Harry opts to send Creature to Hogwarts and allow Buckbeak to stay with Hagrid. Now Dumbledore's ready to go, and he has one last thing to say to the Dursleys. Harry comes of age next year at 17. Dumbledore left Harry with the Dursleys under their protection, which they have done an appalling job of, but there was magical protection uh, under their roof despite it. He asks that Harry be allowed to return, quote, home once more before he comes of age to keep its protection. Their silence is answer enough, and Harry and Dumbledore step into the night. Four and a half minutes on the dot. <laughs> we have uh, lost Spencer. Full points for that. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Spencer is dropped out of the chat. <laughs> I'm going to assume that I made it. It felt like I made it. I'm, it did. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Spencer. I mean, can, and done. Exactly two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I even stopped it at exactly two minutes. So, so yeah, you stopped right there. A two oh 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 oh. I'll take it. That's fine. We're, well done. Thanks. Uh, BJ, what are you wheezing about? But before you do that, obviously the correct order of operations. I have questions. So. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions. No, I actually um, need to go back to something I said on the last episode and correct it. You all had asked me how long um, it was between the end of the school year, the events at the Ministry mm-hmm. of Magic, and when we were getting the scene at the beginning of the book, the first chapter, Indeed. with the new prime minister. I thought we were towards the end of summer. This chapter reveals um, that we weren't. It's actually only been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things been busy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's even more... Sh- that's even more shocking. It was the a, murders, the violence in the streets. Yeah. I can see why things are so unstable. A very fast, fast escalation. Um because you know what we what we learn in this chapter is uh, essentially that Harry's stunned that he might only have to spend this amount of time with the Dursleys mm-hmm. before being able to go to the borough and hang out with the Weasleys for a while. Um, I just wanted to hand up, own up to having gotten that wrong a couple of episodes ago. Now, BJ, you may wheeze about whatever you wish. Thank you. Um, actually, Spencer, I do have a question about your copy of the book. Okay. So yeah. I presume. I, like this this is technically a word and it's technically correct but it feels wrong so in the first paragraph do you have fug i do have fug i wrote down fug okay. in my notes too <laughs> uh, i had to look it up i've never heard fug before yeah um, apparently like it's a british thing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's fun when these books go british like, they're always British, but they're not that British until they're really British. Yeah. yeah. Fug feels um, real British. I think that after the reception of the first book, there was a, okay, we don't need to translate this. And then I would push back and be like, yeah, but. <laughs> there, there's stuff that, that isn't a thing. Like, Fug is not a thing. It, like in anything I've ever consumed, and I've, I feel like I've consumed enough British culture that if it was a staple, I would have heard it. 
We would just call it fog, right? Well, they also call things fog. I don't know. They do. Yeah, I mean, so it's this is the condit. So the, the sentence is, the misty fog his breath had left on the window sparkled in the orange glare of the street lamp outside, etc. And so they're really mm-hmm. talking about the condensation from breathing on the glass, right? right? So yeah. I don't know. I mean, is that a strange and oddly specific British word? Yes. But does it also... So like, it's a, a it's, warm, stuffy, smoky atmosphere in a room. Yeah. And I've heard it like, like I've heard pug, uh, pub, pugs, pubs. <laughs> Um, describe as having like a fug to them. Um, okay. I think I, 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 now that I'm thinking about it, I think I probably heard that too. I just always mentally assigned that to like funk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more of like an odor rather than more of a um, humidity. As I it think were. it's like a, a like a warmly humid humid um, atmosphere. But I will say that I do. This is one of those times where I think I'm like. Mm, but it's also pretty clear from context clues what's happening. And sure, it does make it feel British, which I like. I, I feel like British English, more than American English, maintains individual unique words for situations that have no use outside of that. Mm. And that is a charm to it that I think is uniquely English. The language English, but also English English. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, I have a week's oh. question for you. Why am I the subject of questions? I couldn't sign up for this. Please. Well, first of all, you have a different version of the book than we do. I do. Uh, so things change. Go on. Uh, what you got? And you're also the resident lawyer. Mm-hmm. True. On retainer. Uh, serving sentence in Azkaban for trespass is... I. It, it feels like a British, like we got trespassing from the, the noun, I guess, trespass. We did, um, but yeah, it's 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 a weird thing in the world. It's it's like look at the King James version of the Ten Commandments. Trespass appears. Mm-hmm. It's a distinctly British way of expressing the phrase, mm-hmm. and we just transfer transform that into trespassing. That's fair. Um, I now want to turn to a kind of wild sentence. Sorry, you sound like you're, you sound like you're, speaking of the King James Bible, you sound like you're a preacher asking us to turn to him number 487. (laughs) (laughs) All right, please turn in your hymnals. I'm ready. Uh To the, the, the third story (laughs) versus seven to to, to, to nine. Okay. BJ, tell us where the hell we're actually going. Uh. So, so it's uh, under the Scrimgeour succeeds fudge. It's the gotcha. last paragraph of the the news article, which okay. is most seemed reassured by the new minister's tough stand on student safety. Period. Said Mrs. Augusta Longbottom, comma, open quote, my grandson, comma Neville M dash, a good friend of Harry Potter's, comma incidentally, comma who fought the Death Eaters alongside him at the ministry in June and M dash. Uh, that's actually in a different article. Um, that one's right, in Ministry Guarantees Student Safety. Was, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's it's oh, not. It, it has a different. Yeah. You're right. It's in the paragraph. Okay. Um, Just getting the chapter and verse right. <laughs> Thank you, Sister I, I, Sarah. I said uh-huh. it was the third story. I just, I, I didn't see the. Uh... Peace be upon you. Yes. And also with you. Uh, We're mixing relations to that point. Are, I'm fine yeah, with it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yes. And a Vajra Kavadra. <laughs> <laughs> and to all a good night. 
Um, Nevertheless. There's there's something about this paragraph that sets my teeth on edge (laughs) in terms of where the quotations are and start and uh, end or don't end and the periods. It is just all kinds of wildness that... Well, I, I'm yeah, not here for. I will. I, I, I usually fight you on these, BJ, um, but I think I agree with this one. And I will tell you specifically why I agree with this. Because the Daily Prophet has better standards than the editors that J.K. Rowling does. <laughs> I don't think we have any evidence to say that. <laughs> um, however... I will say that we have, there are M dash, I love an M dash. I love an M dash the way J.K. Rowling loves M dashes, <laughs> as well as semicolons. However, I don't, I don't know what the journalistic standards are, but I do not feel that it is appropriate to insert an M dash into a quote from someone. People do not speak in M dashes. Uh. Yeah, but also like the opening, her her talking. Um, anyway, it it's just all sorts of like, and there's no close quote. I guess like it could be like it continues on the next page, but you know we don't. Anyway, it's all sorts of weirdness. And yes, well, I, but the rest I mean, of this story people... was obscured by the large bird cage standing on top of it, BJ. So okay. therefore, sure. there was no end quote. But there there was a quotation somewhere. I mean, some people do talk in M dash. I mean, yes, I do think that people talk in M dashes. I just always think that it is weird because you have to, when you are writing it and you are transcribing somebody's voice, you have to make a choice about an M dash that feels more self-insertive than Mm -hmm. other forms of punctuation. Um. So I know that, that old people and Spencer are famous for using voice to text. I wonder if people, I know people use like ellipses. It's true. Um, and say like dot, dot, dot. And it and translate like to it. Um, when you get old and send us texts, will they have M dashes? Are you asking me or Spencer? No, I'm asking you. I already okay. know Spencer doesn't because okay. I know he uses voice to text. That's true. No, no, but Spencer does voice the text, then stops and adds the ellipses into it before he sends it out. Oh my God, you saved no time and no effort doing this. <laughs> Not Spencer. at all. Um, I don't, I don't know. BJ is the answer to your question because, and I will try to have an answer for the you this to this for you eventually, um, but I will have to do some experimentation. As to whether the voice to text will translate me saying M dash into, into an M dash. Other than M and then a, then D A S H. Correct. Yes. yes. Um, if I ever start, you, you will know that when I text you, if I am ever using voice to text, because I will throw in semicolons every word <laughs> I pause and some places that I don't. Perfect. All right. Speaking of, at the bottom of that page, mm. okay. we have. Oh God! Open, semicolon. It looked expectant, semicolon. Yet it was almost empty, but for a residue of old underwear, comma, sweets, comma, empty ink bottles, comma, and broken quills that coated the very bottom. I, just you know, you know, this is interesting because this is one of those points where, like, 
I'm not overly mad at this because I like I think that it we are so entrenched in this style of writing now that it makes it identifiably Harry Potter and identifiably Rowling. <laughs> However, this is true. Sure. This is true. However, yeah, yeah. This is one of those instances and not I all could have of used a colon. Not all of these things are like <laughs> this. But you actually the way that this sentence is written, where those semicolons are, there are like four different pieces of punctuation you could have put in there, and they all would have been as equally semi-correct. That's fair. <laughs> You're correct that the sen- sentence should have been different, but like, yeah. I, I don't yeah. disagree with that mm-hmm. argument. I mean, think about it. Ellipses would work in there. You yep. could stick commas in there. Work. M dashes yep. would work. You could, in fact, make those complete sentences and put periods at the you end could. of them, yep. which is, in fact, what they are. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, you could put colons in there if you're feeling real spicy. That is that is the spicy version. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would probably essentially mean an or at that point, but you know, it <laughs> it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything? We do have a punctuation. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have we have punctuation because okay. we have okay. a semicolon colon sentence, and you know, we've got to, we've <laughs> got to touch them all. These things set a PJ off. He knew it was pointless to keep rereading Dumbledore's words. Semicolon. Harry had sent back his quote-unquote yes with the delivering owl comma, as requested comma, and all he could do now was wait colon, capital, either Dumbledore was going to come comma, or he was not. Spencer, is this a period in your version? Because the capital E from either makes it feel like it should be. Same thing, same thing. Okay. I guess I assume that colons can't end sentences, but maybe they do. Like, I'm just not sure anymore. Awfully presumptive of you to assume that, DJ. Um, I have a rhetorical question that is Perfect. a wheeze. Um, and this is a, this is very fun. And I don't know if it was on purpose. Okay. Sarah or Spencer, mm. do you know what agapanthus are? They are a type of flower that was flourishing uh, that Dum- Dumbledore uh, commented on uh, as, as a thing that was there since his last visit. This is like two pages from where I was uh, wheezing most recently. Page 46, if we're... Uh, that is on purpose, BJ. I am a thousand percent sure. It is on purpose. I, that's why I was asking if you knew what it was, because I did look it up, and it is Lilies of the Nile. It is, yep. Huh. I, I, I was not familiar. I kind of thought, thought they were vaguely familiar, but I did not bother to look them up. That's cool. Yep. Um, also, just a bizarre name for a plant that I appreciate being in there, regardless. Yep. Um, that's fun. I, I want to say that I like wizard, wizard-ishness. As, as a word that, other than trying to pronounce it, it is, it is a fun word to be. Um, and I, I think that, that Dumbledore having it is, he is the most wizardish of the wizardishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a question that doesn't really belong in questions. Um, this is like is. three questions in your wheezes. Just, I mean, I'm going to allow it, but just know that mm. I'm keeping well, count. Okay, so so it's sort of a wheeze. 
Um, but it's also a question, which is, um, we have this uh, back and forth with uh, Harry asking if, if they're leaving. Dumbledore responds, um, and he says, I would prefer you not... Uh, indeed we are, but there are a few matters we need to discuss first, and I would prefer not to do so in the open. Um, we're going to trespass on your aunt and uncle's hospitality only a little longer. You will, will you? I presume it's Vernon Dursley that says it, but I feel like it's unclear from... Yeah. I'm trying to find... I'm trying to find... So, so what? Yeah, I and I, Vernon Dursley entered the room, so presumably he's the one that said it, but like... Mm. Yes. But Petunia's at his shoulder... Mm-hmm. And Dudley is skulking behind them both, so, like, everybody's there. V- Vernon's the first one said, and it would be the most in character for Vernon yeah, to be the one to have said it. it sounds like his voice. So, um, I think that that is all my wheezes, though I do have um, some uh, questions for later on. Some actual, what? like, curious questions as opposed to rhetorical <laughs> questions that are part what? of wheezing. What? On the subject of Nibby's notes... Um, how pissed off must Voldemort be at these news articles? I mean, <laughs> this is a creature of pride we're talking about here. It's one of yes. his mo- motivating characteristics and factors beyond why he behaves as he does. And here, the news, which has previously been much more in his camp or otherwise indifferent to what's actually you know, going on behind the scenes, is now openly referring to Harry Potter as the chosen one that may save us all by defeating the Dark Lord. I would, yeah, I th- I take your point. I would nuance it a little bit just to that like i don't think that the daily prophet was ever in his camp but i think that we were in a situation where the news that they were printing was working to their to his advantage more what i mean yes Yes. they weren't directly endorsing him as a political candidate but their indifference their unwillingness to accept that he had returned and favoring the narrative that he hadn't Mm -hmm. was directly serving his cause and the but okay (laughs) and the sensationalism around the stories about Harry that were selling copies happened to work in his favor at that particular moment. Which which is now shifted to treating him as the Messiah that will bring about the fall of Satan. So, but this also kind of feels like they're not per se reporting that that is fact, but reporting on that being a thing that people believe. Mm-hmm. And that's a different... Some people are saying... That yeah. is modern news reporting mm-hmm. is what that is. Yes, it is. This is, so what they're doing here, this is one of those articles that relies on um, scratching for social media posts that uh, are the bulk of what the article actual is, actually is with some light framing around it. I truly despise the people are saying news articles, <laughs> but they're like half of all news nowadays. I wish we had the bylines for these articles. That would be nice, actually, yeah. But we just get the title and the text. So much of what the Dumbledore's cause has been has been you know, proving that he could defeat Harry, proving that Harry did not actually defeat him, proving that there is no one that actually can stop him. And to date, now what he's accomplished is what you know middle-aged women are reading while they're about to go to bridge is that Harry Potter is actually going to eventually beat the Dark Lord. Yeah. Uh, This isn't really a question. This is just more rhetorical. But has there ever... I'm not actually asking it. I'm just more saying it. Has there ever been a Minister of Magic that's gotten along with Dumbledore? I mean, 
Because the media news article says, on their first meeting, now they've had a falling out. It's like, knowing Dumbledore, I'm not at all surprised. The man is not one to reveal information or, you know, treat other people necessarily as an equal when it comes to sharing information and co-conspiracy, you know, putting together a joint conspiracy. But it's interesting that the news is leading with the idea of, on their first meeting, Scrimjar is now pissed. Who, who are you asking? Does Dumbledore think that he hasn't gotten along with any Minister of Magic? (laughs) I I, I don't think Dumbledore cares. I think he was like, you know, they'll eventually learn to get along with me. (laughs) Dumbledore does seem like one of those people who, like, might just not notice. (laughs) I I think every minister has complained, you know, I'm willing to believe that every minister for the last 80 years, one of their last thoughts at night is fucking Dumbledore right before they fall asleep on their pillow. Do you think Dumbledore leaves them notes, kind of like the, the presidents? The, the, yeah, the, the, the presidents, and they just don't know how it shows up. And, and they're just random things, like I had a good buffin today, or I, I've heard news from Azkaban, you should look into this. And here's a good scrambled eggs recipe. So I did look at, I'm looking at the wiki for the um, Minister for Magic before Fudge. And it Mm -hmm. does not have any information on the relationship or not between her and Dumbledore. Only that there was a popular call for Dumbledore to be the next Minister of Magic. Uh, my, my head canon now is immediately after the Minister of Magic has gotten back from speaking to the Prime Minister, he arrives in his room only to find that Dumbledore has apparated in, delivers him a 30-second message, and then leaves without providing further detail. And that's just how that chain goes. Mm-hmm. Hey, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, take out your earbuds for a second, because I have a very funny joke to tell Sarah, and I think it's, and it's definitely spoilery. <laughs> tell, tell me when. Uh... Do you think that in taking over the job, uh, we get random cat facts being dispensed to <laughs> the Minister of Magic by McGonagall because that's her firsties? Yes. I think that's how she shows love. <laughs> I have returned. Yep. Oh, man. It seemed funny from the, from the reactions. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, you'll be able to listen to it and enjoy it. I'll come back. Uh <laughs> I adore this pamphlet. This pamphlet is it, for several reasons. For one, it actually is kind of helpful. Yes. Um, number two, it does show that the ministry under you know, new leadership is at least taking the situation seriously and trying to advise people of threats, concerns, and what they need to know. But option but point number three, it is the most British thing ever. It's like again, we talked about you know text being particularly British. This kind of little government guide to yes. how to fend off you know. The occasional Death Eater that may show up in your garden. This is what British governments have been issuing for the last 150 years. I was going to say, this feels very much like a pamphlet you would have gotten in your mailbox during World War II. Like, that is... Yeah. And I know, yeah. I know, obviously, that the, the parallels the are, are all yeah. over the place. But, like, this pamphlet particularly... Like, we're all planting victory gardens now. And <laughs> it is entirely because of this piece of propaganda. If, if Albert Hess lands in your garden, <laughs> this is what you should do. But I would also like to point out, I'm not entirely convinced that this is not just a reprint of something that they put together during the last Wizarding War. I'm not sure that the current administration wrote and wrote this. Very valid point. We'll be very curious of where things has been written on that. Uh, hey, Spencer. Yeah. Did they reuse 
things like that in World War Two? From they did. World War One. Yeah, they did. They they already paid for it once. They're not going to pay for it again. <laughs> uh, in terms of biggest surprises in the cha- in this chapter, I think for the first time ever, Harry Potter without angst or delay or going through this just you know deep depressive angry episode responded to a message he received over the holidays. I I don't think that's happened in like five books. Yeah, he said yeah. He does so uh, we, in like a minute. We have no idea how angsty that yes was. <laughs> I do and like to also, think that it was just yes on a sheet yeah, of paper. <laughs> and, and that's that's real angsty. In in current parlance, it would be a thumbs up emoji just sent. Over. Or just K period. Like Winky with, with the period that like this isn't quick. This was a thought out K. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in terms of things that are somewhat lucky. All this is happening at like 11 o'clock, right? Do I remember the times correctly? I think so. Doesn't, midnight doesn't... or something. Like, it's late. Yeah. It's yeah, late. I, I think you're right. It's like 11, yeah. All the Dursleys are up. Like, to, to the point they're not in bed. They're just doing things. Like, these are a night owl family that we're confronting here. They're after my own heart and only this category. I love... Well, I don't. I don't know that I love it, but I do think that it is incredibly appropriate that Petunia is up, like in her night clothes, scrubbing down the kitchen because, like, obviously mm-hmm. that's who she is. From what I we've seen, absolutely. That, that Dudley is watching TV or playing video games or something like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they seem like the family that uh, would be watching like the the late night jerry springer or whatever because that's when the only time that they get it in the uk that's what mm-hmm. vernon's doing yes <laughs> yep uh can we agree that dumbledore is at an 11 for dumbledoreness this entire chapter i think like, that he has bars of like being dumbledore that deplete as soon as summer comes around and he doesn't have students and staff around him <laughs> and uh he came in hot he came in hot he he came in hot, but he he came in hot in, in I feel like a not very Dumbledore way. Okay, in, it's it's not really weird. It, it's not like the weirdness that we get of Dumbledore. Sometimes this is the uh, this feels like sort of reasonable passive aggressive. I think because he has a specific thing that he has to do here. Yeah, I I think what you're about- right, and I think you're right because we actually do get some Dumbledore. Dumbledore weird in the next chapter. Yep. <laughs> we did. Oh, that's right. BJ has direct comparison right now. <laughs> what, what it most reminds me of is it's a direct extension from the same, I don't have any time for this anymore tone that he had with the minister in one of the last we saw mm-hmm. him in the last book. Mm-hmm. Of where it's... Yes. D- Dumbledore suffers, suffers fools normally with sarcasm. Here, he's barely able to contain it. Of where he's not even... He's maintaining even, not even the slightest veneer of politeness throughout this entire conversation. He has yeah. weaponized politeness. Yes. He it, is, it is... This is both British and very Midwestern, I would like to point out. <laughs> this is, is straight after kind of my soul. Uh, yep. But I do think that, like, there is a particular... There's a difference between Dumbledore irritated, which is what we get here, because he is clearly sure. irritated at the Dursleys, Um and Dumbledore, even Dumbledore on a mission, if he's not irritated, then he gets this kind of like freewheeling, 
Dumbledore-y kind of thing going on. Um, but I do like the distinction that this is, like, Dumbledore irritated is weaponized politeness, and we've seen it a couple of times over the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he would use, he would do things differently with different people. Yeah. But particularly yeah. with the Dursleys, like, he's using politeness to to really like hit them where they live because yeah. they know yeah. they know what they're doing yeah I, I i think a wonderful visual example of this is that he conjures drinks and they spend the entire time just hitting them in the head throughout throughout the conversation hence like, our opening illustration that was so confusing to all of us yep. last episode now i understand yeah <laughs> yeah it makes a lot more sense sort of it, it fits the tone of where he's just like hey yeah, drinks 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 mm-hmm. Put, put, put them over there. I'm talking with Harry right now. Yeah. Uh, and one of the main motivating factors for why he's there, I was not expecting this, but the central focal point of tension in the whole chapter is a probate battle. Mm-hmm. It's about, they're not actually sure on the subject of who is going to be inheriting their secret lair where they conduct all of their, you know, heroic operations. Yep. I wasn't expecting that, but it actually is a reasonable point of consideration of, oh, well, that could massively throw a monkey wrench in the plans. So what's the uh, what's the Christmas movie where USPS delivers the letters? What? Give me more. Uh, a dude's on trial for, like, impersonating Santa Claus, oh, I think it is. Yeah, I, I've seen it. I, I can, I'll look up the title. I don't remember right now. But yeah, I know the one you're talking about it for. He writes a few letters as Santa. Uh, this is a hundred percent like how they figure out what's going on. It's like, oh, well, yep, no, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> let's talk to Creature and see how it's going. Yep, you can order them around. We're all good. <laughs> I do. I mean, it's a clever solution, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would have been really funny is if uh, Hermione had accidentally freed him. Oh, God. But she can't because she's not his owner. Well, then why is her trying to forcibly free everybody at Hogwarts a a thing? That's a good question. Um, And also, Harry can... Wait. But also, she never actually frees any of them. Spoiler, I guess. But, like, so maybe she just thinks she can. (laughs) Oh, but Um, Harry gave gave Dobby the sock. No. Right. No, Lucius had to give him the sock. Harry Harry couldn't give him the sock. Um, yeah, because otherwise sort Hermione would just go around forcibly uh, hatting people. Uh, BJ, the film I was thinking of was Dear God with Greg Kinnear, but he was writing he was writing letters back from God for that one. No, 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 no. This this is like a a, a more normal <laughs> Christmas movie. What Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, where they deliver all the letters during the middle yeah. of the trial? Okay, oh, yeah. he okay. wasn't writing letters back. That was actually a guy claiming to be Santa. Right, that's what I said, and 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 okay. the post office delivered. The mail, and that sort of decided it. With it, it, yeah, that is that is the end of that film, or close to it. In terms of vaguely intimidating lines, moving on. Uh, what is Dumbledore considering in terms of other option, other means of keeping creature away from Bellatrix if they proved necessary? Because I, I'm never sure how to. I, 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 I don't think anyone is, but I'm among them. I'm sure how intimidating i'm supposed to perceive dumbledore to be when he says things like this yeah oh could you weaponize pensive the feeling of being pensive or no, the, pensive? the pensive yeah the pensive to like remove memories yes totally yes um yes I, I, unclear I, I, I how was, that would work with house elves 
I'm assuming you, that's but how still. Snape's getting by, is, is, you know, surviving as a double agent anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it seems to be, I know we've had conversations about Pensieve and, like, what actually happens with your memories. It's unclear if there are, like, different levels of memory extraction. You can choose if you're doing it to yourself, right? Um, yeah. Or if, like, when Dumbledore is showing Harry memories in the Pensieve, if Dumbledore still retains those memories, or the listeners yeah. cannot see the hand yeah, gestures the, that I'm doing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if he still retains those memories and is also watching them, or if he is re-experiencing them and rediscovering them as he watches them because they're no longer inside his head. It feels like it's a... It preserves the quality of the memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it may... Like, unclear whether it, like... Maybe not a races, but like you have a oh, I know that this is a piece of information that Pensy mm-hmm. versus like you still have whatever memory you would have that just degrades over time right. as memories do, and you can go back and experience it like you were there. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I am. I wonder if Dumbledore is referencing an Obliviate spell here for a creature. I definitely possible. I. I... I'm not willing to believe Dumbledore would just straight up say, well, we'll murder him. I, I mean, don't that think that's it. I don't think that, that that's what he's talking about. Um, but, but there's something, I, and, it's, and it is morally questionable, whatever it is. Yeah, it is morally questionable, and he's effectively turning to Harry of, hey, help me not do the thing I don't want to have yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, side note, though, we do learn a lot more about memories and Pensieve over the course of this book. Ooh. Interesting. I'll be curious about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms that of feels solution, problematic. <laughs> I mean, in, it's complicated. <laughs> in, in terms of their ultimate solution for the creature problem, <laughs> yes, <you ask> Jack. <laughs> I don't feel like moving him to Hogwarts is a good idea. I mean, no, it's a terrible idea. It, it's in the category of like you know a great escape kind of thing of let's place all of the most dangerous people in the same camp together, and that way we'll be able to keep extra security on them. Of where. Oh, let's move him to Hogwarts. That way the other house elves will keep an eye on him. It's like, that's putting the fox in the middle of the hen house, ain't it? In terms of, I mean, like, you know, things that he could do. The kitchen. What'd you say, PJ? I said have him work the kitchen. I don't want him poisoning everyone's food. I don't want him with a constant source of information that he can feed to other forces. It's This is putting him at a focal point of potential information and access and connections that I doesn't... It don't feel wise. Uh... And I must say, though, in terms of closing quotes, just to end out a chapter, and now, Harry, let us step into the night and pursue that flighting temptress adventure. That is so delightfully like Flash Gordon. That mm-hmm. is so delightfully like like 1930s Nickelodeons in terms of that. That is, I feel like that is Dumbledore quoting his childhood when it comes to that line. Of some hero he watched when he was back a kid, you know, act- actively rotating the dial to keep them to keep the film going, uttered that, and he's been looking forward to repeating <laughs> it now for decades. It's uh, it's in his Rolodex, I think. Yes. Somebody 100%. painted a noir painting of Dumbledore, and this is like how he talks, and so Dumbledore tries it on every so often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in terms of winners and losers, we don't have that many characters again when it comes to this chapter, Sarah, but do you have any clear picks either way? Um, I think, you know, I think that Harry wins this chapter. I think it's a pretty, that that's, it seems like an easy choice, BJ. Yep. 
Uh, I was going to say, Agreed. we knew from get-go that Harry was going to have a good chapter. He's with Hedwig, yes. Right. He's with Hedwig. He also <laughs> seems to be like room. adequately able to take care of her for once during the summer here, which is nice. At least we don't have any evidence to the contrary. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Usually we're told if he has is sort of being forced into animal abuse, he seems to be doing this fine this time. Um, so I think that Harry's the winner of the chapter here. I mean, he gets to leave the Dursleys. A piece of summer mail he received, responded to, and panned out the way that it was supposed to. Uh, mm-hmm. He does apparently get a sizable inheritance. Um, the will stands, and he actively leaves by the end of it. So, And, you know, he has all the creature comforts that anybody would need. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like the one mark against him is that he has to keep dealing with Creature. <laughs> he has another slave. Uh, which he would prefer not to. Um, it, so so actually, that would be like the perfect pairing. It would be the best in-world sitcom of Dobby and Creature. Oh, God. Perfect odd couple. Yeah. Like, that's the way to have them at Hogwarts. Yes. They have to room together. <laughs> They're not. One of them is not surviving that year. That's, yeah. For a loser, I mean, I think that we have to, in our limited cast here of people we see on screen, well, I guess it could be Creature, to be honest with you. He's not on thinking, screen. Oh, yeah, he, he is. is. He, he is. very much appears. I, I, I pick Creature. Yeah. Creature has, a, Creature has a real crap day. I, yeah. So we, I would also put forth Dumbledore. Okay. What happened to that man's hand? Yes. That did not happen on screen, though. We, right. We can see the effects on screen. We can see the effects. Yes. And, but, and but we, yeah, I think Creature yeah. is... I think I mean, Creature is right. I also... Yeah, anytime, I think... Yeah. BJ first. <laughs> anytime Harry has a good chapter the Durs- and he's near the Dursleys, the Dursleys are happy about chapter. I think that's true. And I wanted to point out that... If you were to choose among the Dursleys, I think that it has to be Petunia. Not that Petunia really says anything over the course of this chapter, particularly. But any time that Dumbledore is reminding her of the deal she made, of the agreement she made, and of her failings in fulfilling that agreement. um, Yeah. You know, we saw it in the last book, too. And mm-hmm. I think that her emotional response to that, um, even though she doesn't like Harry, she doesn't really want him to be there, et cetera, et cetera. Like her emotional response to being reminded by Dumbledore what her duties are and her failings in those is particularly painful to her. No, I, I think it's an excellent point because we see with Vernon that he can always just brush things aside with a certain measure of bluster. Yes. That- Dudley can just let everything go over a duck's back because he has about the intelligence of a duck. I mean, Dudley doesn't and, know what's going on, let's be clear. <laughs> no. But for Petunia, particularly in this chapter we see several times, they resonate. They fester. Mm-hmm. It, it actually sticks with her and she acknowledges it and it's going to be something that she ponders in the future. Yes. So, yeah. I think it's, it's a good call among the Dursleys. But I do think ultimate loser is Creature because nothing goes Creature's way here. I, I think Creature would say that's kind of a lifetime statement right there. Fair enough. Questions? Questions? Sir? What are in fairy? I had that too. Okay, uh, so we find out we, we do we find out next chapter. Yeah, so I can tell you um without 
uh, uh, it, too many. It's sp- wild. You're not going to like this, Spencer. <laughs> my, my guess, purely from the name, is some kind of fire spirit. No, nope. not at all. Not so even close. Inferi is the plural of inferius. And they are corpses. I, I'm giving you a quote now um, so that I make sure that I get it right. They are corpses, dead bodies that have been, witch, been bewitched to do a dark wizard's bidding. In fairy have not been seen for a long time. However, not since Voldemort was last powerful. He killed enough people to make an army of them, of course. Um, that is the quote from next chapter. Yes. The, the, yeah. the, those are just ghouls. There, there, there's an existing English word for these. The Walking Dead and sort of zombies and Zom- you need, zombies going yeah. to that route, yeah. But they yeah. do it. They they require necromancy. Yeah. Okay. Period. Well, it, <laughs> we're 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 adding to the list of obvious evil that is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. The fact uh, that he's a necromancer was not entirely clear before, other than the fact that he keeps coming back from the dead. And don't so, worry, we get to see them. It's fine. <laughs> um, is Harry a pure blood? No. Well. His mom was so born in the Muggle world. Yeah, and are, are we going like serious? Uh... So I mean, I think that the you know the double-edged sword or the I don't know if that's exactly the right term, but the reality is that whether you are a sort of Malfoy level believer in the need to purify the blood of the wizarding community and keep those lines pure, or you are a regular wizard. Everybody all also uh, is functioning under the same definitions that are bounding the world, which are always problematic, which is like this idea of like, well, yeah, but non, non pure blood people are fine, but everybody agrees what pure blood is, except that it doesn't really exist. So, Harry's mom was a muggle, even though she was a witch. Careful with that M word. Yeah, I did have a moment. Um, <laughs> Harry's mom was a muggle. So even though she was then then a witch, Harry is not a pureblood because he's a, ha- he's a, he's a half-blood. He's a half-blood. Yeah so, yeah, so the status of your parents actually doesn't matter. It's the status of their families. So... Going is, back generations, which is obviously not right. So, so if Harry has progeny, mm-hmm. are they? If he has progeny with a pure blood, pure blood wizard, family, yeah, oh, was yeah, from a pure blood are they family, three quarters. I believe, I believe the term is quadroon. Yeah, I don't know that they do. <laughs> um, I don't know that the the Louisiana system has. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, it, it feels like Infiltrated. she's going very German. Yeah. Here. Yes. Which yes. makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. And it is a sort of like, it's very German, and it, but it is also, I mean, it is also a, it's not a quadroon system necessarily, but it's a one drop system. Okay. Well, I have questions about wizard genetics. Sure. That, that don't make sense in this world nope <laughs> um because of how squidgy it is but yeah. it's, it's one of those like how far back do you have to trace because clearly exactly they been around forever and, exactly and it's sort of one of those things yeah um but and uh, yeah and it feels like the further you go back the more you can hide because there's always going to be something to quote unquote right. hide 
Um, and everybody is going to have black sheep like Sirius. Um, and Voldemort. And Voldemort himself, like... I mean, and, and yeah. this is where we're, like, leaning, leaning really heavily into yes. the, the comparison. Yes, absolutely. So. Sure. Yeah, it's come up a lot in this chapter, um, but but this is a particular moment where, like, mm-hmm. Voldemort's inferiority complex from these impossible and bullshit standards is a key yeah. to understanding his, his motivations in the first place. Well, yeah. I mean, Voldemort is a half blood too, right? I mean, we we we've got competitors for the title of half blood prince. We do. Um, I think that's the point, Spencer. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this is going to come across as a really awkwardly phrased question to me, so it's not that much of a surprise. But where do house elves come from? That's a that's a great question. We at this exact moment, and as far as I know, at every other moment we have more information about how Dementors come about than we do how House Elves come about. (laughs) We we only meet House Elves that are working. We don't see that they have families or any lives outside of working. And I'm just left to ponder if House Elves, you know, reproduce by the same means as most other regular species on a planet... What happens to little baby house elves when they now enter a family? Do they just uh, join their parents' servitude? Is this probably you know, Spencer? Um, <laughs> if they if they reproduce asexually, I shall not judge. But I, my question still stands: Is this following the standards of American slavery when it comes to who owns the baby house elf? Yeah. Uh, or are you asking about? Dumbledore's proclivities, given the large number of house elves. I wasn't going there. Yeah, you were. (laughs) You just didn't say it out loud, but that's exactly where you went. Not admitting to that. Question still stands, focusing on my question. Are there differences in the house elves that get to serve inside Hogwarts and the ones that have to keep up the grounds? We are asking so many Thomas Jefferson Uh, questions right now. The... The extremely unsatisfying answer is, I don't know. I'm going to Reddit, which is... (laughs) Sure. We'll see. Nope, nope. Reddit descends very quickly. (laughs) This is not... Does Reddit agree with me? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We we don't need to read that fan fiction right now. Um... Nope, I'm getting no helpful information from this, from my, like, sideways glancing at this thread. <laughs> I don't know. They clearly do have families, though, because, um, and I think that the, fa- I, so I don't know, like, I don't know how the procreation works. I don't know what happens to the baby house elves specifically. I assume that it is a sort of Thomas Jefferson-like situation, um, because Winky in the fourth book, talks about her mother and grandmother also serving the Crouch family. So they are generational. Interesting. So there's kind of a reverse situation where sometimes they get sent north to... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. BJ, any further questions on your part? I really didn't have that many in this chapter. Um, No, I think the the Inferi was was sort of my uh, big one in... I, I'll have more questions when we see them, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. Um, we also, just as a note, we learn more about, and I know we've talked about it before because I've been hinting at it because we finally get it, get more of it here. Um, mm-hmm. But we get more about this sort of magical protection that Harry's under and needing to come back to the Dursley's house. Mm-hmm. 
we've skirted around that before because why otherwise why would harry come back to this hellhole every summer um we already had some of that we had some of it we get more information about it um at i think the end of this book but at the beginning of next book too interesting or at least about the implications of it um if not the reasons behind it clearly important it has always been nebulous it's always been ambiguous but it's something that dumbledore feels the need to emphasize as his parting word about how much it's important that harry be allowed to return at least for a while longer yeah which is so interesting because like actually in this conversation if dumbledore hadn't mentioned it because muggles come of age a year later than wizard folk do the dursleys wouldn't have questioned harry coming back yeah at all so it's only a thing because Dumbledore brought it up, unless Harry was hot to trot to get out of there and not come back next year because he knows that well, he came yes. age. So right. I guess it works that way, but he, Dumbledore didn't have to tell the Dursleys because the Dursleys wouldn't have known any better. So, so is it really he's saying it to the Dursleys, but in reality he's speaking it to Harry? He might have been speaking it to Harry. I've never considered that before, but he might have actually been saying like, hey, Harry you're going to come of age before your next year at Hogwarts and you're not going to want to come back here. But... But you need to come back here. For reasons that I will not fully explain, remember I'm Dumbledore. Oh, absolutely not, no. Uh, (laughs) Shall we take a peek at the next chapter? Your favorite part of the episode, Spencer. Moving on to what is chapter four, Horace Slugworth. Slughorn. Sorry? (laughs) Slughorn, Uh, And and it's kind of... Uh, if anybody embodies the name that just a slight change from what it already <laughs> is from Barty Couch, <laughs> it, th- this guy is his own recliner. That is, he is. This is a man that you might just feel like might be a very comfortable chair. Okay, well, I'm going to end it there. <laughs> Massive eyes on the guy too. Actually, come to think of it, <laughs> eyes dominate his head. <laughs> Okay, weird-looking dude we got for this next chapter. We'll be curious to meet him. You might think he is in transition. Between man and chair? Well, TBD, I suppose. More more to be seen. Looking forward to it. All right. This has been fun, guys. I'm going to hope that Picasso doesn't keep just yowling at me throughout this entire recording. You can hope. Is Picasso or a Miss Norris or Crookshanks? We don't get to see Miss Norris at the most affectionate. Yep. Yeah, I think she's probably Miss Norris. (laughs) Put it that way. Spencer... Checking. Which I think makes Terry uh, Mr. Filch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, call him a squib sometimes. See how he reacts. Mm-hmm.